Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. Gordo will be back coming up next week, getting a little vacation time in. Jazz in action tonight, taking on Golden State on the road. Tip-off is going to be at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6, or 6, excuse me, 7 o'clock. Uh, we're not doing a two-hour pre, only one. Uh, Coach Cordy Chase is going to be with me tonight doing uh, pre-half and post-game coverage, so certainly looking forward to hanging out with Coach tonight. And, you know, uh, this this has the makings of a one-sided affair, but we'll get David Locke's thoughts on uh, what he's looking for tonight. And, of course, the major story in jazz land as far as I'm concerned, and that's Mike Conley coming back into this lineup and coming back into this rotation and how to get the most out of him as well as get the most out of uh, everybody around you know, all of our NBA Daily Assist guys uh, have all talked about how the Jazz cannot get to where they want to go unless they figure out a way to get the most out of Mike Conley, and I've got to agree with them. And they, I know they've played well without him, but I think that if if truly they're going to reach their potential, their $30 million man has got to be uh, firing, as they say. So, of course, that'll be something to keep an eye on tonight, as well as Alec Burks, who's played very, very well for the Golden State Warriors. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. What's up, David? Don't you know to not go on vacation during the winter or it might snow and you miss the best snow of the season? I know I did. I heard I heard it was just magnificent last year. But I'll, I'll tell you what, David, I, it's pretty tough to to really regret it when you're sitting on the beach in, in the tropical weather. It's pretty good. No, no. It's really, really easy to regret it <laughs> when there's 20 inches of powder and you're sitting in the tropical. <laughs> no, that's actually not true, Jake. If you're a skier... And um, my dad always does that. My dad always is in Maui on vacation because he's 80 and retired. And um, he'll email me and be like, I think I'm the only person in the world that's on a beach in Maui wishing they were in powder in Utah. (laughs) That's probably, it went 20 inches, really. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, it was like 90 over the week. We missed it all. We've missed every every good storm has come while we've been gone. So oh, we missed it. Sunday was good at Alpha, but otherwise I, I haven't got much of it. Mm, that's incredible. Is it, Let me ask you if this is weird, David. I was driving home from the uh, from the airport on Friday, and I heard you do crosstalk with Scotty, and I got a little jealous. Is that weird? I got a little jealous. I was like, oh, no, well, that's usually should. me. That's good. That's good. That's, <laughs> well, I, that's like, I mean, the night Donovan goes off against New Orleans as a rookie, Klauke calls the game because I'm puking my brains out. <laughs> and I'm like listening to Klauke call the game while puking, while jealous. Yeah, right? like I get how it. does that work? Right? Yeah. So yeah, no, it's, that's all good. That's good. It means you love your job. It's great. It did sound good though. I, I gotta say, and uh, I, I do love that segment of the post game show. It's always uh, it's always super informative. But uh, David, let's we've got a lot to uh, we've got a you lot to the, get to. Huh? You know the thing that's worry the thing that's worrisome to me, Jake, is that everyone should listen to the radio broadcast for the Ron Boone shoot around report. And for our crosstalk afterwards. Now, whether there's any redeeming value to anything that happens in between there, I don't know. But um, the rest of it, th- those two segments are really good. 
Well, I got to tell you this. I, I think you guys, and I, I give us all some credit, Adrian, and of course the broadcast assistants. I think uh, I think we put on a hell of a broadcast. But I've got to admit that those two portions are highlights for me as well, mainly because I get to hear you uh, go back and forth, you and Ron go back and forth with uh, my co-hosts because they bring different perspectives. But also, and we've mentioned this before, the shoot-around report, Ron just gives away it all. He just doesn't care. He's like, here you go. This is everything going on. I love it. It's too close to tip for the other team to hear about. It. So here's what you can expect. It's hilarious. Right. It's awesome. It's, it is the segment you need to hear every night. And by the way, for everyone who's at home tonight, because it's a late game, you can listen on your new smart device you got for Christmas or if you had one before by simply telling it to play the 1280 The Zone in Salt Lake City or FM 97.5 FM. And you can listen to the jazz game on in. Bring the old radio back to home with a smart device tonight. All right, David, I want to start here with you. And and uh, whether this opinion was correct or not, we, we could debate. But back after that Laker game, Gordon and I were talking about it. After the, the five-game road trip where really things were, were struggling, there were there were kind of a couple of things that Gordon and I talked about that the Jazz need to get figured out. Get Mike Conley going was number one. And get the bench figured out was number two. Now the bench, since the Clarkson move, George Niang has been terrific. Tony Bradley's taken advantage of his opportunity. The unit has has become a weapon as opposed to a disadvantage like it had been in the past. That brings us to point two, and that, of course, is getting Mike Conley going and getting him back into this rotation and, and playing at his best. How is that process going so far from your perspective? Well, I think you know. First off, from the Mike uh, from the Mike standpoint, I think it's an incredibly class act by Mike, right? I think that's maybe the most um, important thing here is just what a guy who's making thirty million um, is and is willing to uh, do to make sure that his team, you know, his teammate his teams are good and and all those kind of things. I mean, I think that's that to me is what jumps out about this most. There's a lot of guys with that pedigree that would not have said okay to that. Um, so I think that's, um, I think that's the bigger story here is like you went and got a high quality sportsman teammate of the year. And I think that th- this shows you who he is as a person. Uh, because I don't think a lot of guys with his pedigree would be completely willing to do this. The other thing is, he looks like he's got a little more bounce. He looks like he's got a little bit more juice. And he's really, really good. Uh, I talked about this on Locked on Jazz today. This is the bigger thing to me, Jake. When we signed Mike Conley, what was the story about Donovan Mitchell? Do you remember? Hmm. Uh, the story was – go, go ahead. ahead. I, I wasn't trying to set you up to fail, so I was going to interject. But if you remember, do you, the story was that Donovan Mitchell <clears throat> went to go work out with – Mike Conley. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And so Donovan Mitchell is going to go learn from Mike Conley. Okay, I think that's great. But there's a sense there that what you're almost saying is that Donovan Mitchell is acquiescing to um, to Donovan. The Donovan to Mitchell is acquiescing to Mike Conley. Right. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so because of his pedigree. But you know what? That's actually not what we want. This is Donovan's team. And what has now happened is that Mike Conley, now it's, it's clear it's Donovan's team. Donovan's the best player on this team. 
offensively. Uh, Rudy's the best player defensively. And now Mike assimilates into that. It's very similar, very, very similar to what happened in Denver when Paul Millsap joined them. Very similar resume to Mike Conley. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, comes into Denver and young Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and Nikola Jokic all acquiesced to Paul Millsap. This is not a negative on Paul Millsap or Mike Conley. They haven't done anything wrong. They've just been around for a long time. They're the OGs, and these guys, and it's actually a compliment to all the players. They have respect for that. But for these teams to be great, they need that te- Denver to be Nikola Jokic's team. They were fl- fluttering around 500. Paul Millsap got hurt. Nikola Jokic took over, and they've been cruising ever since. They only won 46 that first year, but they were a much better team after that, went on a nice streak, because Nikola Jokic reestablished himself as the kingpin on that roster. And that's what's happened here. The 19 to 20 games Mike Conley missed have allowed this thing to adjust back to it being Donovan's show, and Mike can now come in and roll into Donovan and Rudy's show the way it really probably should have always been, but you were dealing with such high-quality individuals, that that's just not how it's going to work. So long story short, it was good for him to take a step back, and not that injury is ever good, but maybe get a little perspective and let the the locker room figure itself out before he came back to reintroduce his game. So, yes, and let me just say this. like I don't think he did anything wrong the first time. Right. So to say he needed to be injured and gain perspective, which I don't – I'm just being very nitpicky about your words. Sure. I actually don't think is the right way to put it. I just think, you know, I talk about the rightful order of the basketball universe. That's like a big thing to me. Like, it's, what's the like? We just had to get the rightful order of the basketball universe established. Oops, sorry, on this team, and that and that rightful order of the basketball universe is Mike Conley playing alongside of these guys, but it being Donovan and Rudy's team. David Locke is with us, radio play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. And David, whilst on my vacation, I had an interesting uh, conversation with some Jazz fan friends of mine after we didn't get to see it uh, because we were out of the country. We didn't get to see it live, but someone was following on the phone. The duel between Donovan Mitchell and Brandon Ingram, and I know the Jazz lost, and that's a bummer, but it it just seemed incredible, and I reviewed it when I got home. But what has been your favorite Donovan Mitchell duel so far this year? Huh. I mean, if I had to find my favorite Donovan Mitchell play, I actually go to the first game of the year against Oklahoma City where he just pulls up in the pocket on a mid-range jumper and buries it and gets us the win. Like, in a win that, you know, I think we now understand how good a win that is, right? Because they're really good. Yeah. Um, so if, if that – but a favorite duel, I'm not, I don't have a very good memory, so nothing's coming to mind of what my choices are in that regard. But the Brandon Ingram-Donovan Mitchell – sequence was pretty awesome because it was two young guns establishing their place in the league, showing that they could do that. Ingram was unbelievable. Donovan was equally as good. Both of them, you know, sending a message to the league that we're in this unique category of players that can make plays like this. I just think it's fun to see Donovan performing so well in the fourth quarter and, you know, feel free to review the clutch stats and how few, how unbelievable they've been this year. But I think that, to me, might be the most significant improvement in his game is he's just he's, – he's going toe-to-toe with some of these great players and good teams and he's coming out winning more than he loses. Well, he missed his first 10 threes in the clutch this year. Uh, since December 1st, he's 17 of his last 34 from the field and 7 of 15 from three. 
So that's 50% basically on twos and threes in the clutch where most people shoot below 40%. It's amazing. It, it, it's remarkable. And I think the evolution of, of Donovan has been a fun, if yet under-talked-about story this year. And I'll go with his evolution as a leader. And this ties back into kind of your first response talking about Mike Conley. <laughs> but have you noticed, like I have in the post game, he, he thanks every single teammate before he talks about himself. And I think of a play, and, and I can't remember the game exactly, where Donovan had a, an alley-oop from Joe Ingles where he could have led Sports Center, But he instead went with the behind-the-head pass to Rudy, who was running the floor. I mean, it just seems like we're seeing him develop as, as a leader of a team as well. Yeah, and I think it comes very naturally to him. If we go back to his, like, when he was a rookie and he was taking the place by storm, he's the one who, you know, complimented Naz Long and George Niang, who were on the bench, for giving him energy during the game, who complimented Bernie for her shakes that keep him healthy. I mean, he's just very cognizant of all the people around him that are helping him out and doing things for him. Um, I think it's just his, who he is naturally. Um, and so I think that, you know, the leadership aspect of things, which did have to come to the forefront, he did have to make sacrifices this year. He did have to figure out how this team was going to come together correctly. Um, I think those are things that he, he actually has been built to do uh, by the way he was raised by his mom, by his dad being around, the ga- you know, being around the game with his dad. These are He has that natural makeup. We asked Darren Williams to do that, and Darren, that's not Darren's natural makeup. Darren, Darren didn't have that. You can't just – tell someone that they're your best player and they have to lead. That's the unique thing to Donovan Mitchell. He's your best player, or at least offensively. I'm not trying to disrespect Rudy. Uh, And he has that natural ability. And everyone wants to be around him. It goes back also to his rookie year when, you know, the veterans let him take over. Like, that was a unique thing that took place. But that's because of who Donovan is. David, you uh, you watched Alec Burks as uh, as a player develop. Uh, you uh, got to know him a little bit, I'm sure, as you travel with the team. And he's kind of an understated dude, but he always seemed to me to be a, a great guy. He certainly faced adversity with injuries throughout his career and seemed to uh, approach that, you know, with a pretty pretty positive demeanor. And you're going to see him tonight, and he's playing well for the Warriors, averaging 16 points, almost five rebounds, and three assists a game. What what do you think about him getting another chance to? basically prove that he's a, a good NBA player. I think this is the right. It's interesting. He got a few of these kind of spots in Sacramento and maybe Cleveland, if I remember correctly, where he was on a not very good team and you right. thought he'd be able to really go to work and it didn't happen in either of those places. It's, I think this has been nice for him because playing pretty pressure-free basketball um, allows him to go to work. I mean, he had to be trying to be the defensive stopper the other day on Dane Lillard, and that didn't work out too well. I'm not sure that's a job anybody could have done well that night. Um, but this is a limited roster he's on. And other than D'Angelo Russell, he's their second offensive option. And it's been great to watch him drop 33 the other night. He's such a good dude. Um, you know, it's been fun to watch him up, watch him grow up, have the kid, all of those aspects of him as a human. And now to watch him be able to get this chance, he probably gets paid, though, frankly, the track record in the NBA is once you get the minimum, you don't usually go out of that. Element, so I think he probably added five years to his career, but I'm not sure he's got himself paid. Before we let you go, David, uh, David tell us about that new stadium uh, in Frisco. Pretty cool? So I don't have a good vibe on it. I'm pretty excited to go back to it tonight. I talked to Jim Olson, our president, who's on this trip, because he just got a tour and said it's amazing. But if you recall, when we were there last time, it was early in the season, I think it was about November 11th, and it might have been a Monday night or a Sunday night, and the Seahawks are playing the Niners. 
Well, one of the nice parts of this is that every single seat has access to some sort of club. However, on that night, it meant that just about every single person in the arena got up in the second quarter and went into the club to watch the Seahawks Niners game as it moved into the late third quarter and into the fourth quarter. And none of them came back until the game was over late in the third quarter when about 13,000 people came flooding out of the clubs and back into their seats. Hmm. So it was from going from one of the most kind of raucous, high-energy, high great vibe, little gritty arenas at Oracle in Oakland to this was quite something. Um, so I need to get a better vibe on it tonight. Because it really would be a shame if they lost some of that Oracle magic, right? One of those true great environments. I mean, who am I You think of, uh, of course, us here with with the Viv, but you think of Oklahoma City. I mean, some of those more unique environments, it'd be a shame to see that go away. Well, I think I think they have lost it, Jake. I, okay. I don't think they can recreate it. Um, I think they have lost it. Yeah, Oracle was unique. Oracle wasn't the Viv, and it wasn't OKC. Um, there was a there was a different history to it. There was some depth to it. There was the there was a little bit of an Oakland aspect to it. There was an African American aspect to it, frankly, that had a little bit of a a, a, a true connection to the team. Um, it was one of the few arenas that that had some that had a good deal of ethnicity on the West Coast. It's maybe not the only one. Um, so it's it's disappointing. It's not the same. It's it's we've wine and cheese this one out. <laughs> well put. Well, uh, David. Oh, good news. We've got. Uh, well, not that all my co-hosts for the pre and post are 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 not great, but I know you do have a, a special place for Coach Gordy Chiesa, so he's going to be with us tonight. You know what my special place for Gordy Chiesa is? How much he loves the game. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. It's and I'll tell you what, David. It's a real education to to sit and watch these games with him. He does. He loves it, and he knows so much about it. It's amazing. You're the best. I apologize for the speakerphone. I have been running. I got about eight minutes to get to the bus, so I need to jump. We will let you go. We'll talk to you during the pregame. Thank, Thank you, you as always, David. All right. There you go. David Locke, of course, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Uh, Tip-off going to be at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. And as I mentioned, uh, Coach Gordy Chiesa going to be in the house for the uh, pre-half and post-game show. Great stuff from Locke right there, as usual. Coming up right around the corner, we'll uh, we'll digest a little bit of what he had to say. And, Austin, uh, you and I may be right about something we've talked about today way sooner than we thought we were going to be right. I like being right. I like being right as well. Uh, we're talking about the Mountain West Boise State uh, drama today. There's so been a development. There has been a already? development, and and we'll we'll uh, Austin and I will claim victory coming up next, or at least partial, close to maybe not even victory. That's coming up right around the corner. But first, it's time for Win Ticket Wednesday. <laughs> This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. And you're going to win a pair of tickets to go see the Zach Brown Band. They're out on tour this spring in support of their upcoming album, The Owl. See them live with special guests Amos Lee and Pooh Bear and Sasha Serrata on Thursday, March 26th at the Maverick Center. Tickets are on sale now. You can purchase your tickets at live. 
LiveNation.com. Coming up next, more of the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yo, mic check, one, two, one, two. All right, shout out to Matt, who won the Zach Brown tickets on a win ticket Wednesday. Thanks for listening, Matt. Enjoy the show. Want to remind you about our friends at Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Get a new Jeep or Ram for less at Ken Garf West Valley Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Visit them today. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson. Gordon Monson not with you tonight as he is uh, vacationing. He'll be back uh, coming up on Monday. We'll try to figure out a way to pass the radio time until he gets back. Big thanks to David Locke for jumping on with us in the last last segment. I thought uh, David had a lot of interesting things to say. And, of course, got the Jazz Warriors tonight at 8 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 7 right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coach Gordy Chiesa going to jump in and do a little pre-half and uh, post with me. So certainly looking forward to that. But we do have an update, Austin, on a story that we talked about today. Actually, we've talked about it pretty thoroughly. I thought we've had a, a very good conversation about it. And in fact, uh, Dave Southorn of The Athletic jumped on with us at the top of the four o'clock hour to give us kind of the lowdown on uh, exactly what's going on. And uh, basically, just to review, Boise, as a lot of us, uh, Boise State, as a lot of us know, of course, was making extra money on top of what other schools were making with the Mountain West Conference. Basically, because when they agreed to come back to the conference in 2012, they wanted to sell their own home games as an independent package on top of the other traditional Mountain West package, and that's how they were making more money. They actually renegotiated that in 2016, which said that the conference would just basically give them a bonus of $1.8 million annually. And so uh, last week, after it became official that the Mountain West Conference was signing a new television deal with Fox and CBS, basically at the same time that they were approving that deal, the board of directors for the Mountain West Conference said, oh, by the way, we're going to phase out that $1.8 million for Boise State, and they're going to become an equal sharing member like the rest of us. And they were basically going to give them that $1.8, additional $1.8 a year for the next six years until this TV contract came to a close, and then Boise was going to just be normal like the rest of the schools. Now, Boise said, no, 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 no. Mm, we're not going along with that. I don't care who voted. And Boise basically said when they signed a contract with the Mountain West Conference to come back, they worked in this deal, and it did not have an expiration date with the, the, the contract. So the Boise State is arguing that you can't simply, they're not beholden to a conference vote. And legally, if you look at it, I don't think they are either. However, I, I am not an attorney, so who knows? You do play one on the radio. I try. But, Austin, you and I, and you asked the great question, where will Boise State be in six years after this is all said and done? And we kind of talked about it, and the answer, I think, is right there in the Mountain West Conference because the Mountain West Conference really doesn't have any leverage so it's kind of weird that they would do this now. And after, by the way, after the, the negotiation with the TV, I don't know if they got the deal they wanted and thought, we could do this now and there's nothing that they can do about it. Well, Boise State decided to file a lawsuit uh, in Idaho court. And now, Austin, we have, a, uh, we have a statement released jointly, if you believe that, from Boise State and the Mountain West Conference. However, I got to say, it did come from uh, our boy Stuart, 
who's director of strategic communications for the Mountain West Conference, so it wasn't released by Boise. Our boy Stuart, huh? Stuart Buchanan. I didn't know if his full name would be relevant to this whole thing because he's just sending. I know a lot of Stuarts. He's just sending out the email after all. Okay. Uh, but here, here is that uh, statement, Austin. Quote, Last week, Boise State filed a complaint regarding media rights against the Mountain West Conference. However, that action alone does not formally begin a lawsuit. The university and the Mountain West are currently in discussions in hopes of bringing the matter to a resolution without litigation, unquote. Translation, Austin? Oh, yeah, we didn't have any leverage to do that. We probably we probably shouldn't have done that. And now we're just going to try and... Put the brakes on this thing as quickly as we can. <laughs> we didn't mean it. We're, we're just ha- we're just funning. Just we're friends. We're kidding. All we're still friends. I thought we were good enough friends. We could joke around like that, huh? Come on, Boise, you're our boys. This is this is so funny. We didn't mean it at all. Honestly, this is what BYU isn't missing by being in the Mountain West Conference. Because this shouldn't be a story. You know, this this shouldn't be a thing. You should never have done this to Boise State in the first place. Certainly not that way, where you bushwhack them. And we asked Dave about this, whether or not he thought that, that Boise State was surprised. And, and Dave's dialed in. He said he absolutely thought that they were surprised by this whole thing. So basically, as far as I can tell, they all got together to ratify this new TV deal. And they said, oh, okay, wait, before we're done, we, we're going to hold another vote about, uh, you know, <clears throat> giving Boise State less money. And uh, if you read if you read in a couple of the stories, uh, the the Boise State president voted no. You know, of course, like uh, no <laughs> objection. I don't. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna agree to that. So um, no. But yet they went through with it. They put. I wonder where Craig Thompson was in all of this. Do you think he's the innocent commissioner that was like, guys, this is a terrible idea. What are we doing? And then just got basically his arm twisted into doing it. Or do you think he was really like, okay, we'll negotiate this TV deal, and then bam, punch him in the face with this. Right. Uh, and they're just gonna take it because, well, they want to. <laughs> I have not had the pleasure of meeting Hermit uh, Thompson. Uh, have you? I have. Okay. Uh-huh. So I don't know him very well, but from my 30,000 speculative, opinionated uh, 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 view of him, I think he thought the Boise State president may have been on cold meds that day and said, hurry, slip this in, see if we can catch him. <laughs> That's the type of guy I think Hermit Thompson is. I, I saw her. Uh, she's the the Boise State president's a female. I saw her uh, buying. Dim- oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, buying Dimatap in the hotel <laughs> gift shop last night. So let's let's whiz this one through. Come on now. <laughs> she had her tonsils out last week. She's still got her uh, bracelet on from the hospital. Barely paying any sort of attention. Let's see. If we can't get that. And he's had it prepped since day one. Just cram this. Just vote. ready to throw it in right. there. No, that's I, the guy I I perceive him to be. I, I wonder, because I'll, I'll tell you my perception on Craig, because he always, um, and most conference commissioners are this way, Larry Scott certainly is, they're, they're sa- he's a salesman. I mean, that's that's what he's being paid to do. He's being paid to sell whatever it is the conference gives him to sell. Now, there are, there are stronger conference commissioners and there are weaker conference commissioners, right? When Jim Delaney was uh, commissioner of the Big Ten, you know, he could... He was good enough at his job that he could have presidents belly aching about something. He'd say, you know what? I make the rules around here, so sit down and shut up, and they do it because he's making them billions of dollars. But Greg Thompson never really struck me as that guy. More of a, I don't want to say talking head, 
a little bit more on the puppet side of things. Does that make sense? Where where the you know they the commission or the the presidents hand him what to say and say, all right, go sell this. I mean, that's certainly what he did with um, the Mountain Network uh, back in the day. And remember how controversial that was back here in this market. And we had multiple radio interviews with him about that particular topic. And he'd come on and sell it. Sell it. Well, it's not a big deal. It's not our fault. They're not picking it up. They're being unreasonable. We're good. Don't worry about it. It's awesome. Be like, you'd say, but the channel and the production itself, it kind of sucks. I don't think it's great. I don't know what you're talking about. They're killing it. Killing it. Any truth to the report, Commissioner, that uh, all your uh, cameras and uh, broadcast equipment are from a Russian army surplus sale? (laughs) Well, yeah, but, you know, we thought it was high quality stuff at the time. (laughs) We cleaned it. Yeah, (laughs) right. That's that's kind of how he struck me. So I could actually see this either either way. I I never thought of him as all that devious. However, huh, I've always thought him. Have you very slick? Really, like very smooth. But this would be the dumbest thing to be slick about possible, unless it worked. I mean, it it would be so dumb. But and, see, it's genius though, Jake, because he can go to Boise State and say, "I did not have any idea that this was gonna. I I don't know. This was some page or intern t- did this, and right. we'll we'll make sure it doesn't happen again." But and if I, it had worked, there was no way it was going to work. Here, I'll, but maybe I'll tell you what. Well, <laughs> they obviously thought maybe, maybe she had bought Dimatap. But listen, why? <laughs> once the once the cat is left out, let out of the bag in this circumstance, okay, like Max Ergul, you're giving. I love Max Ergul. Don't you say a, a bad word about Max? That uh, guy in was fact, a super was, genius. And it was, Dennis Cantor's agent, <laughs> his cat out of the box. No, that's right. Uh, But he's a slick guy. But listen, once you're giving a a university and probably your biggest brand, right, unless you're the dumbest conference alive, once once you're giving them more than everybody else, they're not giving it back. I mean, this ball is going to roll the complete other direction. And I brought this up with Dave uh, when we talked to him in the 4 o'clock hour. Once USC wakes up and goes, what do I need the rest of these guys for? That's going to be a bad day for the Pac-12. You know, the system in these conferences that have been there forever where everybody gets an equal share, one of these days these universities, like Texas did 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever it was, and realized, like, why am I uh, why am I bringing Iowa State along? Right, right, right. Why are they getting the money that we are making? Like, the Big 12 is never going to get Texas to take an equal share again. Well, yeah, that's why I firmly believe that there will be someday a 16 to 20 Super League Blue Blood Conference right. that has all the money right. and all the TV. And we could easily be headed down there. No, I, think I agree. It's, I think it is going I to happen. Well, I mean, look at any conference out there. They've all got their, their uh, bottom dwellers that aren't pulling their weight, right? So once, what what are the SEC teams that you'd be concerned Arkansas. about? Uh, yeah, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, uh, even the Mississippi schools. I mean, Arkansas lost to San Jose State this season. But once Florida and and Alabama and LSU wake up and go, you know who's earning this conference all this, Chad? Us. You know who's not? Arkansas, who's losing to San Jose State. In fact, what are they doing with the money we're giving them now? They're all driving nice cars. What are they? What are they doing with the checks they're getting now? Because it's not investing in sports. They better have the most beautiful campus on, or, uh, in the universe. Or I mean, even the ACC, where basketball is such a big deal, football rules the roost. If Florida State, probably even Miami, Clemson, certainly, if they decided like, hey, 
Why are we paying you guys? Well, it's a bad day for the ACC. Well, that happened to the Mountain West Conference back in 2012, and there's no putting that back in the bag. It's not happening. You're not going to get Boise State, especially if they have a contract that says they don't have to do so. They're never going to say, here, take this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to go backwards. It's actually a good reason why uh, the Clay Helton sticking around at USC is good news on this front. On this front, Because if Urban Meyer was there, that that gets fast-tracked. Right. Real quick. So... It just It's an interesting situation with Boise State. And I, I honestly, I've been a proponent of BYU returning to the Mountain West Conference. But today, I understand where, where people who are in favor of independence are coming from. And I've seen a bunch of tweets about it. And you're not wrong. You're not. Because this is a mess. And you don't have to deal with this crap. You don't have to deal with these other schools that are, are, are not as valuable as you trying to make the rules. Is and I know <laughs> that bothered BYU when they were in the Mountain West Conference. I know it did. Is this like seeing your ex Facebook uh, status update to where they're having real troubles and you're just their relationship going, goes to Rocky or right, whatever yeah, it is? Or yeah. Complicated. Yeah, you're yeah, just complicated. Like, hmm, <laughs> that's a shame. It's not the worst news I've seen all day. Oh, your your basement flooded, huh? That's too uh, bad. Not my problem. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's that's been certainly a a great one day story to follow because the outcome the outcome that we predicted was going to happen Austin looks like it's already happening the Mountain West is already releasing a statement going oh hey hey oh, uh, we're 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 trying to figure this out. That lawsuit. Let's not let's not get carried away. Let's let's get this figured. We're out. just fr- we're friends. This is what happens when you make a bold move with no sort of uh, of leverage whatsoever. You know. This is you going up to Gordon and saying, hey, give me your car. And Gordon says, why? No reason. Just give it to me. Okay. Yeah, I don't no, think it's no, going to happen. No, I don't no. think it's going to happen. I try that at least twice a week. It doesn't happen. Especially if he gets the new car he's been talking about. I don't care. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Did I just put you in a bad mood? Let's go to break. More next. 97.5 <laughs> and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Tough night last night with Kansas and Kansas State. Now, there was a moment of brevity, for me at least. <laughs> they finally get it under control. The first crack we hear over the PA system, Kansas wins, that means free appetizers at such and such restaurant this weekend. <laughs> it would have been even worse if he had said, Kansas wins! <laughs> Starts playing the Mike Tyson's punch out music. <laughs> hey, fans. Thank you for joining us for this evening's game to watch a full-on brawl. <laughs> Join us Friday night you when your Jayhawks face Iowa State. <laughs> he started it! <laughs> Take your ticket stub and get a free appetizer. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 of the zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Gordo is going to be back coming up on Monday. He's out getting a little RR as Gordon is off to do. Jazz in action tonight. They're taking on Golden State on the road. 
Tip-off will be at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. And uh, Austin, I'm going to help you do uh, a help. You're going to help me do a little show uh, prep for the, the pregame, all right? Because uh, okay. we have the, the hot topic, of course. And I have, I have several that I, I'm thinking of going with, but I try to really carefully identify the biggest storyline of every game. And maybe it's the macro, maybe it's the micro, but what's, what's numero uno, okay? So what, what is interesting about tonight's game against the Warriors? What should tonight's hot topic be? Uh, how much money they are losing on their new arena. <laughs> I'm sure listeners are, are clamoring uh, to get the understanding to that. Anything uh, else? Let, let's see. Uh, hmm. Uh, what kind of... Uh, what, what, what's going down at Ghirardelli Square right. these days? What's the famous pier there in San Francisco? Uh, 49, yeah. <laughs> Sourdough pizza. Still good? Yay or nay? Vote now. Okay, so here's what I'm... Here's what I'm. I'm. Le- I, it's got to be jazz. It's not no, no, the no. opponent. It's not the opponent, unless you know you're really into Alec Burks, which I'm sure we will talk about. But I mean, he's probably not numero uno. It's got to be getting uh, Coach Chiesa's opinion on getting Conley back into the swing of things, right? When he's going to be fully engaged from a minute standpoint, when, you know, I don't expect him to be in the starting lineup tonight. But when he eventually moves back to the starting lineup, those sorts of things. But. Usually I try to be a little more game-specific if I can help it, but that might be the biggest story tonight, is everybody might just have their eyes on Mike Conley and to see how that goes. That's, you know, to, to be serious about it, that's right. absolutely, I think, the way it should go, the way you should should uh, go down. And maybe some all-star uh, discussion about uh, Rudy and Donovan, but uh, to take it a little more uh, of a less serious way, how, how uh, many points is not enough points for the Jazz to win by tonight? 20? Is 20 not enough? 40? Yeah, 40? Is 40 the basement? They're on the road. The least acceptable differential 40. tonight. I think it might be a little less than that. I'd say the least acceptable differential would be 18. If it's if it's closer than 18 points, it's a disappointment. Wow. Here's how... Then not wow! Have the Warriors won double-digit games yet? No, they're 1-9 in their last game. Okay. Oh, wait, All how right. many do they have total? I yeah, think yeah, they're yeah. right on 10. Okay, not Wow. No, uh, not wow at all. 10 and 35. Stay healthy, win by 18 or more, get back home. Here's how I measure it, though. Get the get the uh, main guys off the floor in the middle of the fourth quarter. Middle of the third quarter? <laughs> Let's get greedy here. Well, this Snyder, is a 10-win team. Quinn Snyder doesn't really do that, though. No. But he, usually, he usually lets him go into the fourth. And if the Stars weren't playing tonight, this would be a great night to have left all of the Jazz starters home, called up five guys from the Stars, and called it good. Um, another one might be, Austin, that this is the final tune-up before what uh, turns into a, a really incredibly difficult stretch. So that's the other one I'm kind of considering. It's because, yeah, this Golden State game shouldn't be too difficult for the Jazz tonight. But after that, you've got Dallas on Saturday, Houston on Monday, at San Antonio Wednesday, at Denver Thursday. Then followed by at Portland, Denver at home, Portland at home, at Houston, at Dallas, Miami at home. So easy. That's brutal. A, a relax, a relaxing stretch coming up here. Yeah, when the Spurs are your game, we're like, oh, thank goodness <laughs> for playing the Spurs. How weird does that feel? That's what Dennis told you yesterday, that uh, they got to bow their neck and uh, put their head down and get ready for a tougher part of the schedule here. So that might be it as well. This is kind of the final the final tune-up before a stretch that's, uh, that's pretty nuts. All right, we'll get to more coming up right around the corner. Don't forget, uh, Jazz Game Night pregame show starts at 7. 
Tip-off will be at 8. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Noel Gordo, of course, today. He'll be back with us on Monday when his vacation concludes. But, uh, Austin, it's been a been a good day today. We've talked a little, uh, you know, uh, conference, uh, Mount West Conference drama, a lot of jazz basketball. Good guests today. Today's been a good day. We were right. We were right. That's always a win. I love being right. I truly enjoy being right. I'm often right. We dressed down Tracy McGrady and his hot take. We did. We did. It's it's been. I feel like it's been productive. It's been a good day. It's been productive. The Not Sports Report was something you can share with your family and not be ashamed. Why? Why McDonald's Coke is so great? Yeah, you could take yeah. that home, pass it around. Everybody's wondered that. It's not about some, you know, what uh, Lord knows what dying, which Gordon often finds. So yeah, it was a little more. Uh, it was a little more uplifting. So that was good. I feel. I feel good about today. Jake, a golden retriever found a, a, a needle in the park and, uh, and took it home to his owner. And, uh, you know, this reminds me of the time I was at Balboa Park. And I, and I found that, speaking of Balboa, they've got the best dipped ice cream. You can get this ice cream cone, then they dip it in chocolate. Oh. That, you, you've been working with Gordon too Read long. Read my column at sltrip.com. Because <laughs> that's pretty much it right there. All right, coming up right around the corner. Uh, um, pre-game. We've got Gordy Chase is stepping in Jazz Game Night pre-game as we're getting you ready for the Jazz and the Golden State Warriors. That's coming up straight ahead. Thanks to Sarah Todd from the Deseret News who jumped on the show today. Uh, thanks also to Dave Southorn of The Athletic who jumped on with us as well as David Locke. Jazz Game Night pre-game show starts next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.